Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Afternoon, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here with the last week in mortgage today. If you're on video, you could tell I'm not at my normal desk with the baseball cards and the sunny window in the background. I'm at the NBA annual, the Super Bowl of mortgage conferences uh, in the Expo Hall. Give a little pan of uh, the madness in here. A lot of people eating lunch, doing my best Kevin Cranio impersonation. He's much better at uh, taking videos and talking uh, than I am, but uh, we're going to give it a whirl today. So a little different type of show today. Don't know if we'll go the full 30 minutes. Uh, as always, still welcome your questions, comments, uh, put them in the chat, the Q&A, uh, and I can answer them. No co-host today. And uh, yeah, I basically just want to give a little blow by blow on what the vibe has been here in Nashville, uh, you know, obviously a tough time for our industry right now, um, but a lot of optimism. I mean, type companies are here typically going to be like TMC members, more optimistic than the mean. Uh, obviously, at the same time, uh, you know, it's business owners are really they're reassessing their business. You know, I think you know most are operating in the mindset that it's going to be a tough, tough sledding these next eighteen months, and uh, you know, really acting accordingly uh you know really thinking through the future of their business and uh you know uh, what they want it to look like once we come out the, the other end of this good companies very opportunistic i so many companies i've spoken with these last couple of days you know really looking at this climate as an opportunity for them uh to grow market share and uh to do what they're doing uh to grow scale through this which which we know good companies every climate we have like this uh it happens so um, Sandra Thompson, some big news that came out. Uh, Sandra Thompson was uh, our friend, Sandy T, uh, one of the keynotes she announced, uh, kind of giveth with one hand, taketh with the other, uh, higher delivery fees coming for cash out refis, which we all know will be a bigger part of our business, uh, these next few years, uh, but reducing or eliminating completely the delivery fees on, uh, affordable, uh, people at or below area and median income no specifics on that yet um, more to come still but uh you know that was a positive development as well um so uh yeah just uh you know it was it's pretty well attended conference more people not registered uh had the bopping around town a lot people that couldn't get into the convention center uh were some great keynote speakers here uh Two of my favorite people, Paul Ryan spoke, uh, former Speaker of the House, VP candidate. Um, it was really interesting, uh, Paul Ryan, um, you know, he won getting inside baseball in the current political climate. And, you know, his take basically being politics right now is almost entertainment. Uh, people placating to their bases. And said, so Brad, uh, Brad from NBA. Brad, say hi. Hello, everybody. Good friend, even though he's a Cardinals fan. Brad, great guy. MBA, great job at the conference this week. Thank you, buddy. Love Paul Ryan. Coach K this morning also was really good. Uh, but, uh, sticking with Paul Ryan, I'm sorry. His analogy was with our business. He's like, listen, I'm from Wisconsin. Um, so I deal with a lot of farmers. And farmers, they do what's called cost averaging. You have a good crop? Okay, hey. Every crop's not going to be like that. Um, so I thought that was an interesting analogy. 
think you have a lot of inside baseballs to the political climate. Uh, Ryan came out a couple weeks ago and made comments that he doesn't think Trump should run. That made a lot of news. So he was asked about that, but I thought he was phenomenal. Um, and then Coach K, the former Duke legendary coach, spoke this morning, you know, just really talking about, you know, as it relates to our industry, the need to reinvent yourself, um, you know, putting good people on your bus told some just really amazing stories about uh, coaching Kobe Bryant on the U S Olympic team, seeing Kobe tear up when he gave him his Olympic uniform for the first time was made me tear up almost a little bit. Uh, Also coach K talking about his battle with mental health uh, on the back end in the mid nineties of the run where Duke went to seven final fours in nine years. Uh, I had never heard this before. He, he had major mental health problems, had become like a maniacal micromanager. He talked about that, offered his resignation to Duke in 95, 1995, and heals all this. Long story short, they said, you know, he went and got mental health, mental health help he needed. And obviously went on to have phenomenal rest of his career. So um, some good energy, a lot of good discussions. I love this event because it's the biggest event you talk to and meet with the most people you hear and see. Uh, lots of good ideas, uh, lots of really creative discussions about the climate we're in and ways to get out of it. All in all, it's been pretty upbeat um, given the climate. So, but you've got a question in the chat. Um, okay. I was wondering what you're hearing by the way of LO recruiting over there. At all right. LO recruiting. Obviously, everybody's recruiting everybody, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> um, that, you know. You know, I just think now there's so many great companies out there. TMC's got a couple partners in the space that do a very good job giving lenders that wanted data about loan originators, who they're doing business with, who they're getting referral business from. And, uh, you know, that's obviously being leveraged a lot. Um, You know, I think a lot of LOs are amused by it, Um, have a tin ear to it to some degree. but uh, it's, it, it is and will continue to be one of the huge narratives driving our industry because there's not a lender in America. Well, I don't want to say that. Everybody always wants to grow and, and says they're growing. But the importance of scale right now um, is obviously important. Um, so it, it's going to continue to be a big part of the thing. The one thing I've heard less of is the crazy, stupid deals, the guarantee rate, you know. Uh, write the blank check and back up the Brinks truck and, you know, a couple other lenders that uh, made a lot of headlines this year for their recruiting tactics and methods. Certainly still some of that going on, um, but just, you know, every month that you're in this tough climate, it right in theory lessens lenders' abilities to do stupid things up front with LOs and signing bonuses and things like that. So, but it's a sore spot, obviously, uh, you know, to stereotype a little bit, the smaller lenders are very frustrated by it because, um, you know, their LO base is, they feel, you know, kind of under siege and, uh, but yeah, it's, it continues to be uh, a topic for sure. So I'm um, trying to think of what else from this week. Um, if anybody has any other comments or questions, um, go ahead and incorporate them into the chat. Um, the, uh, a lot of lenders on the sidelines right now, tech decisions, obviously got, you know, 
some potential mergers and acquisitions that lenders are trying to figure out what that means for them and if it should impact their decision-making uh, on what they're doing there. There is an unbelievable amount of, of lenders on the tech, what I would call the tech sideline right now. You know, I, I think in general, what I'm seeing is lenders are, they're again, always in this mode, but right now really hyper-focused on getting all, meeting with people, um, understanding what they need to do with their tech stack and platform when they feel it's the right time to make that move. There is a lot of that out there right now. Um, interesting uh, dynamic to the current the current climate. So because obviously the vendor community um, is hurt and struggling as well. You know, all the headlines and notes are about the lenders and, uh, uh, you know, the drop-off in volume is really interest rate driven, but a lot of great third-party providers to the mortgage industry that, uh, you know, it's frustrating for them as well. It's a lot of lenders are, you know, on hold right now um, in terms of making decisions on, on new partnerships. So uh, we'll see how that all, that all plays out. Uh, trying to think what else of note this week. MBA's official, um, Mike Frattoni, came out with his most latest official projection, uh, which is, I think, 30-year fixed rates, 5.4 by the end of the year, recession next year. It maybe brings them down a little. A lot of talk this week about just, there's a lot of prevailing thought out there that we may it may be a very long time before we see sub 5% 30-year fixed again, um, which I'm not sure where I'm at on that 100% yet. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it, it depends on how deep of a recession we go into. Um, you know, I think the Fed right now, they're really trying to stick the landing um, with how they're fighting inflation. They need higher unemployment right now. Um, to help with that. Um, there's some signs that it is working. If it does not work or we see some regression in the inflation numbers and people still spending like crazy, uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it's, uh, again, we know what happens during recessions. You know, interest rates are very low um, as a tool to kind of help get things out. So, you know, the Fed's fight against inflation, how successful it is, um, you know, you can make the argument the less successful it is, the better chance we have lower rates. But the byproduct of that would be a deep recession that would be bad for the economy and our industry in other ways. So I think what we want is the Fed to stick the landing um, to get back down to where MBA and others are now projecting five and a half. 30 year fixed by the end of the year. We've had a few days of rally in a row for the market. We've talked on this show about the fear and loathing that's priced into the markets right now. Um, it's overblown. I truly do believe that. It's 300 plus basis point spread between 10 year treasury yield and a 30 year mortgage bond. Uh, you know, that historically is 175, 200 basis point spread. Exchange for the risk that a mortgage backed security has. Treasury obviously does not sell. But, uh, hey, Rich, another question here um, okay. regarding Sandra Thompson's comments on LLPAs. Was there any details, additional information on specifics, such as how much will cash out adjustments increase, et cetera? I think her exact comment was 
as soon as humanly possible. So there, you could tell, like, she's, I just sensed a level of frustration from her that she didn't, you know, maybe it didn't have something to announce. This is typically a conference where you get a lot of big mortgage announcements and she made a big one, um, but it lacks specifics. So, you know, I, I think my guess would be, you know, we typically, it, it's one of two things to me. It's either, we typically get the conforming loan limit change uh, around November 1. So we could get it hand in hand with that in the next week or so, or maybe we get it closer to the end of the year. Um, also a lot of just positive hubbub about uh, Ginny May's decision to delay the uh, capital rule change uh, from Feb 1 of next year to Feb 1 24. Excuse lenders have got to navigate around that a little bit more, a little bit more leash. And uh, it's uh, uh, a positive thing for the industry. I think right now, any additional, any additional stressors, uh, you don't make sense for mortgage lenders right now. And, and that was, I think, an easy, again, it's a case of elected leaders listening, you know, to their constituents. And, you know, again, politics aside, it's Democrat, but who cares? Like we have leaders in this industry right now that want to listen to mortgage lenders. I've not, I cannot remember the last time I've seen that. It's been a very long time. Genuinely want to listen. So that's a good thing. And I think you're seeing that in some of the policy changes, honestly, uh, like the, like the FICO change. Another announcement I forgot to mention that you know uh, that Fannie or uh, FHFA announced um, alternative FICO uh, alternatives, uh, Vantage Score, and others that uh, are going to be able to start to be accepted by Fannie and Freddie. Again, another good thing to the industry. Every all these little things on the margins help if it's reducing. Uh, loan level price adjustments or, you know, uh, changing the way that uh, people can, uh, their credit is assessed, uh, allowing rental payment history to be incorporated, right? That makes sense. I mean, so, um, you know, all these little things help. <clears throat> Rich, is there much talk about the Fifth Circuit's ruling about the CFPB? <laughs> The Fifth Circuit rule. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. The fact that their funding source um, unconstitutional. Uh, yeah. Bob Brokesmith talked about it. And uh, I, I got to say, listen, you know me. You might listen. I'm going to tell it how it is. I am a straight shooter. I occasionally it's got me in trouble. I love Bob Brokesmith. I love the guy. Honestly, I there's no better guy to be leading this industry right now. He is professional. He's incredibly intelligent. He's well-respected, most importantly. Um, not, not that his predecessors weren't, but it, he is the right guy for this industry right now. He touched on a number of different topics yesterday, including that one. And, uh, you know, I think his thing is uh, that, you know, he, it's tough for him to... He has to be guarded with his comments, but you can obviously tell. He feels like... You know, I mean, the way the CFPB was set up, and again, I, I don't hate the CFPB. I, like a lot of our lenders are like, oh, screw the CFPB. The world, especially for a small to mid-sized lender, the world without the CFPB would be much harder for them. Trust me. Um, and so I'm not anti-CFPB, but the way that Elizabeth Warren set the organization up was designed intentionally so it did not have oversight, so they could get more done. So, you know, from who it reports into, it's funded through Treasury and not the federal government budget. Um, and that's essentially what the fifth court ruling was. 
Um, Brokesmith's comments on it were, you know, along the lines of, I agree with the ruling without exactly saying it, but expect a full appeal. So, you know, it, it don't, uh, nothing, not nothing to see here, but nothing to immediately see here because they're going to certainly appeal the ruling. And, um, yeah, it'll, it'll still be uh, a little bit of a runway before uh, we have any sort of clarity about the actual legality of their funding source. So hope that answered the question. I'm um, trying to think of what else I'm hearing and seeing out here. Uh, I see something in the chat. Affordable housing, new construction. Oh, man. I, again, I, I hate to be Pollyannish, but, you know, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's any help coming for the builders. I, you know, I've talked about this for a long time. I, you know, short of incenting builders to build smaller homes, there's no reason they would build small homes otherwise. Let's just be honest. So, um, you know, I think the administration is more focused on what they feel like they can do to help alleviate this, not only the current supply line issues um, that plague housing, but future potential ones that are, you know, still a byproduct of the, you know, continuing war in Ukraine and other things that are still emerging. Uh, with the U.S. and world economy, so um, I don't think any—I don't think you're going to see anything uh, from Congress on home cons- for builders and to, to help get more small homes built. And to me, that's a shame because I ultimately that's the only way out of this inventory issue. All these little things on the margins, yeah, it'll help a little, but we need to build more homes. I mean, we're not building enough as it is, and that's completely slowed down, and we have no inventory currently. So it's just to me, I don't, to me, it's short sighted that just hoping that the free market is going to take care of this because builders can't make money building the types of new homes that uh, that we need. What's going on, Brandon? Um, so, you know, I, we'll see what happens. I, I don't anticipate, I don't anticipate anything though. <clears throat> High quality manufactured housing. Now, yeah, so man, that you will see, okay? So, you know, I heard Sandra Thompson speak about this, you know, essentially she was talking about how she has become so educated on me. Like, you know, she's like, I'm like most people. When I hear manufactured housing, I'm thinking, double wide and stick built and some of these new manufactured modular homes are incredible um you know i chrisman and i a month or two ago on the rundown talked about one company that we saw where they like crane in a essentially like a modular home in a shell and the thing is like they drop it in with a crane and the thing is like erected and put together in hours um so i do think that type of stuff you're going to see more of Fannie and Freddie clearly are um, doing a lot of different things to um, promote and be more regular and better buyers of manufactured units. Um, but I think a big part of that is education. 
Um, honestly, like even at an event like this, they should be doing something here, in my opinion, to, to promote it. Because I, I think most lenders' perception of manufactured modular housing is not entirely correct. And if we know we're going to be in a climate where the builders aren't going to build um, and there's a huge need for affordable housing and homes in general, that's going to be a big part of it. So I think all lenders need to really educate themselves on, on that issue would be my would be my advice there. Anything related to manufactured modular homes, uh, it's going to be just as easy to originate and sell those to the agencies, almost as easy as a, as a regular uh, single family. So. Oh, let's see. Anything else in the chat? Um, trying to think of what else I heard this week. A lot of parties. Uh, people are still partying in the mortgage industry. So um, there's a lot of night events. Uh, so, you know, it's, there's a lot of companies in this industry right now that are, you know, how they do these next three, four months. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, gonna to say a lot for them. So um uh you know we're still on budgets for 2022 which was expected to be way better than it is so i hope people we just had our biggest conference ever in chicago our organization is one that you know this is what we were built for times like this so our engagement is at all-time high levels and our attendance at conferences and things like that and i hope the same from the uh, I hope that this is not the last really big NBA show where you see an expo hall like this and a uh, number of people. Because there's, there's a ton of value in it. I mean, I you know, like somebody like me, what I do, I this is like gold to me. Um, to be able to come to a show like this and just man, talk to smart people for three days. Lenders, vendors, industry leaders. You know, I, I try to accumulate something Coach K talked about today. Like never stop learning. Knowledge is power. It's so true. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, being able to come here and just talk to just hundreds and hundreds of people that are very smart and uh, I've been in this industry a long time. And then to take all that, to try to ball it all up and make my own personal sense of it, um, it's, it's valuable to me. So um, let's hope that uh, people keep coming to shows like this and exchanging ideas and speaking with leaders and um it's uh it really it's you know one thing i've heard this week we hear it at our conference as well it's like man it's good to get out of your silo you know especially this year is soft it's been tough you know people are still what jim park has been in another video there he is and laurie brewer jim's Jim set the NBA annual record for most videos that he's been a part of this week. So, <laughs> um, what the hell was I talking about? I completely lost my train of thought. I don't know. But, uh, so, um, Amy, anything else in the chat? Any other questions anybody has? Trying to answer anything. I get in terms Nothing of the, else in the chat. Just a great info. You're doing great without your guests. Um, I've got like 3,000 steps in since the show started. I was going to so say, <laughs> we've seen a lot of walking in Nashville. So, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, well, good stuff. Sorry, a little bit of an unconventional show today, but wanted to give everybody a little 
little uh, taste of the vibe here in Music City and uh, a little uh, what we're hearing on the ground report. So um, instead of just skipping the show. So, but uh, as always, greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in with us every week, every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Last week in mortgage today. Next week, I'll be back. Rest of the year, I think. No more travel. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, at my my uh, familiar desk that uh, bored you guys all the dough with all year. So I really appreciate your attendance and uh, consuming the show. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care, guys. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.